This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Canadian king of comedy Ron James performs a spectacular set on our stage. Now let's join Moses as he introduces Ron to the stage. He's written and performed seven stand-up specials and five seasons of a series that bears his name. He fills theaters from coast to coast, has been awarded Canadian Comedy Person of the Year, and was an honorary degree recipient of a doctorate in humanities by his alma mater, Acadia University. He's short, he's quirky, he's from the Maritimes, and did I mention that he's short? He's Ron James. Yes. Well, everybody, nice to see you here. Thank you very much, Moses, for an invitation to the eclectic and intellectual Idea City. And I am from the Maritimes, actually. My eldest daughter's name is Kaylee. That means kitchen party in Gaelic. We like to name our children in the manner in which they were conceived. My brother's boy's name is Ulach. It means under the back porch with a rum and coke. So we're all on the same page now, aren't we, huh? And what an amazing time to be Canadian, isn't it? As democracy runs clear off the rails south of the border, we have a number one prime minister on a whole new day in the country. My goodness, it's great to be us, isn't it? The last prime minister couldn't smile, now the new one can't stop. It's a hell of a lot better than that crowd we had before them, though, I'll tell you that, man. I was on the CBC, sorry about that, Moses, mentioning the evil empire, but anyway. I was on the CBC during the dark days of the HarperCons, and you had to watch what you say. You really did, man. Eh? They can't take a joke, those Tories. I would have woken up in a Pentecostal church basement in southern Alberta with a black bag on my head while a gang of young Tory stormtroopers put the boots to me with a box of stale Timbits, so... Yeah, but it's nothing compared to that show south of the border. My goodness. And you know what? The Republicans have themselves to blame because they've been poking that gorilla in the cage for 25 years called the silent majority and they finally picked the lock and out from reality television walked that fire-breathing bullshitter Donald J. Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump, huh? A P.T. Barnum, Ron Poe Peel, Benito Mussolini hybrid. 
sired by Lady Liberty and the dog-faced boy on the floor of that moldy old circus tent called the American Dream. <laughs> Littered with peanut shells, broken hope, Jack Ruby's handgun, and Elvis Presley's soiled jumpsuit he dropped before Shag and Ann Margaret. And the show just keeps getting better. Buddy, I must be killing. You haven't looked up from that iPad since I started talking. Yeah, I guess you're working, right? Good enough. Once upon a time, you used to have to deal with drunks in the front row, face first in their nachos, yelling, you suck. Now you've got somebody on Twitter saying you're mediocre who can't spell mediocre. Put it down, I'm working. Dear God Almighty, I thought you were an intellectual, pal. Look, these friggin' things have become a permanent appendage, haven't they? Honest to God, if there's ever another Pompeii, every calcified corpse they find is going to be in this position. <laughs> and look, if we're going to be on these phones 24-7 in public, can we please get some manners? Don't be standing in the middle of a Loblaws doorway during a Saturday morning grocery store stampede texting the entire Declaration of Independence. We're piling up behind you like swine bound for slaughter. I'm so close to the old girl in front of me, my manhood is touching her diaper. And she's given me her number, so move! It's been 120 years since Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. But, and we're back to sending telegrams. What's the next big invention? Smoke signals? I've had it, really, okay? And nobody calls a friend for a recipe anymore. Oh, no, no, I wanted to make Chipotle back ribs. Sure I did. So you know what I did? Made the first mistake, I Googled ribs. I didn't get a recipe, but I did see a picture of a Shriner falling out of a little car, breaking three ribs. And before you know it, on a free fall down the clickbait rabbit hole. 45 minutes later, I've seen a piano playing parrot, the worst Hollywood boob jobs, Hitler's baby pictures, and a mother elk licking the placenta off her newborn spawn she just dropped on the doorstep of a Starbucks in Banff. <laughs> but I still don't have a recipe for Chipotle back ribs. And Netflix, what the hell happened? We don't watch a television show anymore. Netflix, that's a digital crack house, that. <laughs> You sit down to watch a show, 72 hours later, you're stinky and sticky in your own filth, stuck to the lazy boy, and emaciated husk bleeding from the eyes. Forget about watching The Walking Dead, you've joined them. I, and then, <laughs> Netflix has the audacity to suggest perhaps you'd like to watch The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, I haven't eaten since last Tuesday. The last time I had a bath was season three of Breaking Bad. I watched Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg's series called Band of Brothers in one sitting, 13 one-hour episodes on World War II. By the time it was over, I was collecting a veteran's pension. So this is the world we're in now, right? And of course, in deference to Moses Zoomer magazine, I am smack dab in the middle of that demographic, 58 years old. Uh, and as much as we like to think we're going to be immortal, mm, the Reaper's come to call, hasn't he? I can't party like I used to. He says, when I was 23, I could burn the candle till dawn, get two hours sleep, then go to the plant and operate heavy machinery. You try that today in your 40s, Jesus, by lunch you're missing three fingers and filling on a workman's comp form with a mouth pen. I'm just gonna let that image sit with you for a bit. Aren't you? 
And every year I usually like to have a toke. I used to have a toke in the old days on a regular basis. You know, we just have a couple of tokes, eat a box of Mars bars, giggle the night away, and call her a day. Not now, though. Holy Jesus, huh? <laughs> Given the potency of the ganja they're pulling from hydroponic warrens across this country today, after one toke, you've got no spit, you've gone cross-eyed, and you're squirreled in a hole beneath the sink talking to Jesus. <laughs> and we're breaking down in little ways, right? You could be walking across the kitchen floor one day, right? And what the hell is that now? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Sort of growing a lump in my chin. I didn't know what the hell that was. I went to the doctor, he said, well, look, you got a cyst. You're 55 years old, you have to accept the fact that stuff is gonna start growing on your face. <laughs> Bonus, something else to look forward to, hey? Along with sleepless nights, hairy back, and leaky <laughs> I didn't sign up for that one, fellas. With age comes wisdom, oh yes, and the youngsters love to gather around the feet of the wise old sage with a big wet spot in his crotch. When the hell did I start snoring at night like a riverbank troll, too? What am I saying at night, 30 seconds into a backyard lawn chair snooze, I'm gagging like Mama Cass at the sandwich board. There's a Zoomer reference for you. Chew on that for a bit. My wife bought some gel in a jar at the kiosk at the local mall several years ago, and my snoring was severe, and she said, here, uh, sniff this before you come to bed so you don't snore. Oh, hmm. What are you going to sniff? I don't snore. Oh, pardon me. I guess the sound's coming from your side of the bed at four in the morning of the elves of Rivendell cooing their children to sleep, is it? Which is why I live alone now. Um, uh, oh, it's funny now. <laughs> yeah, you know your life's gone south when you wake up in the middle of the morning spooning on the basement couch with your buddy's golden retriever. I was getting more action, though. Anyway, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Move. I did. Anyway, you know. It's that old joke, right? So, uh, anyway, uh, I was on CBC at the time, and you can't have a lump in your face when, you, uh, uh, when you're on television. You can have a lump in your shoulders like Kevin O'Leary did, and then I would have gotten three shows. But, uh, must be some people from away. He's not as well known as he thinks. So... They sent me into a plastic surgeon's office in Yorkville. I was way out of my depth, man. As soon as I walked into that room, everything in the waiting room turned to look at me, right? <laughs> I mean, there were things that crawled out of primordial swamps in a Cenozoic era and never had a set of liver lips like the one beside me. Dear God, she's never going to eat a bowl of soup again. I thought the doctor had fallen asleep with the collagen needle stuck in her kisser, right? Geez, I felt sorry for her. I did. I wanted to chuck her a couple of smelts. <laughs> Coming up after the break. Canada's birth was a benign delivery from the womb of Mother Britain, while America was a crack baby breech birth that chewed off its own umbilical cord in the forest. <laughs> Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Canadian King of Comedy, Ron James. Ah, uh, but America, my gosh, huh? What happened there anyway? You know, I don't know. I think Donald Trump just uh, took over. 
Uh, I had hopes for Bernie Sanders for a while, but geez, the CNN and Fox News were treating Donald Trump like he was a Roman consul having his balls powdered in a Pompeii spa by a gaggle of adoring eunuchs, wasn't it? There, meanwhile, poor old Bernie, geez, trying to get some airtime, he's sitting on the back porch eating leftovers trying to unionize the kitchen staff. But, you know, if you're going to vote for a man who's preaching a message of hope for the future, maybe vote for a guy who hopefully has more than seven years left of life. Come on, he's 72 for the love of Jesus, eh? What's the Secret Service's first job going to be? Chewing his food? Up. <laughs> DEFCON 5, we've got a full diaper. Come on, let's go. But the Republican Party is over as they know it and they only have themselves to blame because they're nothing but a gang of billionaire brutes who've pied piped the pissed off, disenfranchised white masses into states of delirium, promising to rain down biblical retribution on whatever other besides themselves they can find to blame on America's woes, preaching their homophobic, Mexican-baiting, Muslim-hating, intolerance, gun-loving anger as they defiantly march backwards through the foggy mists of time, looking to make America great again, whenever the hell that was. You know when it was? When I saw Americans when I was 11 years old camping with my family, and they pulled into the campground driving a 60-foot chrome-plated, hermetically-sealed Airstream living unit. Holy frig, ah, it's the Jetsons. <laughs> they invited us all over, they gave the kids a tray of grape tang, grape tang. I hadn't even seen the orange stuff yet. <laughs> and when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, they plugged the color TV into the side of their trailer. How cool was that? We were camping in Eaton's True Line tent trailer. You weren't allowed to touch the canvas walls of when it was raining or it would leak. Stuck with me in a tent trailer during a two-week downpour when I'm 11 years old. Jeez, I was so fidgety, my poor father needed the Ritalin shot. <laughs> Don't touch the walls of that trailer when it's raining, Ronnie, or it's gonna leak. Now they call it ADHD. Back then they called it Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> you stick with it, 50 years later, you're playing Idea City for free in a bag of swag. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I hope America pulls out of the tailspin, I really do, but our countries developed differently, didn't they? I mean, look, uh, America was born of revolution and smoke and fire. Canada's birth was a benign delivery from the womb of Mother Britain, while America was a crack baby breech birth that chewed off its own umbilical cord in the forest. <laughs> They're different than us. The gun has been part of America since day one. They fought the British during the Revolutionary War and won. Of course, the Americans had an advantage. The Brits were wearing red. <laughs> Over here, kill me. Over here. My name's Thomas, plant one here, kill me, kill me! Oh, they're not killing enough of us. Very good, form a line. <laughs> when I lived in America, this guy told me he could get me my own little handgun. I could keep it in a box by my bed with a fluorescent combination, only I would know. Oh, only I'll know the combination. Family sleeping in safety's arms now. I couldn't remember the combination of a high school locker after Christmas vacation. How in the hell am I gonna remember that at four in the morning with a head full of sleep? Whew, there's a guy at the foot of the bed with a bat and a balaclava. <laughs> Honey, wake up, what are the kids' birthdays? <laughs> of course, their founding fathers were far different than ours. Our founding fathers were a bunch of legal, legal windbags who got 
Faced in Charlottetown, such a deference for the monarchy, they'd have bronze Queen Victoria's turds for the love of God. Look at this wonderful paperweight the royal family sent me. But look at the founding of America, right? Their founding fathers were revolutionaries and they galvanized their people to throw off the oppressor with, mm, you know, really galvanizing sound bites. These are the times that try men's souls. Give me liberty or give me death. Where in Canada, we always have time for Tim Hortons. <laughs> I hit my tipping point with Timmy's. After 16 years on the road, a year ago, I had a cup of that and took one sip and thought, uh, wait a second, this, uh, this tastes like <laughs> I like to think there's more to Canada than coffee and donuts. Huh? Hey, I made the mistake of asking a local in Sarnia. <laughs> I'm dropping names now. <laughs> Ask a local in Sarnia where the local Starbucks was. Christ, they looked at me like I just tripped Terry Fox. I said, look, all I want is a Starbucks, for Christ's sake. I said, look, it's, it's coffee and donuts. Double cream, double sugar. I'm going to tell you something, buddy. Uh, bilge water from the hole of a Russian tanker filtered through a prostitute's pantyhose would taste good after double cream, double sugar. <laughs> the soldiers didn't brew it on Vimy Ridge when they took the hill from the Hun, you know. Vimy Ridge, a fairly galvanizing moment in Canadian history. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. You guys just won prizes and the robot people were talking. I understand why you're gone. Uh, no. I will say one thing for Timmy, so it's miraculous how they managed to uh, coalesce Canadian identity with their product. I mean, we haven't seen marketing genius on that level since Coca-Cola turned Santa Claus into a roly-poly elf in a red suit and a white beard back in the 1930s. Up until Coca-Cola got a hold of Santa Claus's image, he was um, a, uh, a Turkish saint covered in hives handing out turnips to cripple kids. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I love the shit Toronto goes south on, man. It's unbelievable. I didn't, uh, it, you know, it's hard to talk my way out of that, I guess, because right now you like Santa Claus, and of course you're relating to the wild turnips and the turkey saint, and you're wondering if I'm racist, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Actually, he was a Danish hermaphrodite who used to hand out bowls of buttermilk to the destitute in the alleyways of Copenhagen. And if you woke up in the morning with a... Um, an Uncle Vanya mustache, you know, you'd been visited by uh, First Thurton. <laughs> you know, there's a thing with comedians, we're called self-destructive because when we're going south, we keep digging the hole deeper. <laughs> I knew I'd get out of that one. Uh, but here it is, we're in a changing planet and we have to make the best of it, right? This is the bottom line. Huh? That's what I think, and I think that's what's great about this idea city, these symposiums and progressive thought because we sold our rebel soul to boomers years ago. I mean, most of the people I went to university with are busy padding their RSPs so they can retire in some gun-hungry racist Republican sunbelt where your neighbors will call Obama everything but president. That's not my idea of it, man. I don't want to spend my golden years, you know, growing melanoma blisters on my leprechaun skin while I'm in some gin rummy kelt with my Bermuda shorts hyped up in my droopy man cans. That's not gonna be my life. I don't want it, man. I don't want it, right? Besides, there comes a point in every man's life when he's got to realize the shapely breasts everybody at poolside are staring at are his. <laughs> so let's make tomorrow a better place, okay? 
because the climate is changing, you know, I started composting, which brought the raccoons to my backyard because, right, they spend winter fornicating like drunken Romans at the feast of Saturnalia in my garage. Then comes spring, my backyard is filthy with their double-digit rabid litters running amok in my tomato patch. I see a raccoon in my tomato patch. I don't give a sweet Jesus if I'm hovering with the Dalai Lama beneath the Bodhi tree. I'll go Robert De Niro on their ass in a heartbeat. You get out of my tomatoes, you ringtail you're a hat. So here it is. Start composting, you homeowners. Compost, okay? Because it's going to save the future. And, and it's another thing you don't know. It's a lease on immortality. Sure it is. Come see this soil, kids. Hard to believe last fall it was Uncle Henry. Look at that. <laughs> We're all going to pass away. Nobody lives forever. Uh, so when you do pass away, don't have your loved ones leave your ashes in a jar on the mantelpiece. You have them work them into the soil. A shovel full of use, some miracle grow, a little bit of moo-poo. Come October, the potatoes have your eyes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Moses, brother. Thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Right on, man. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody, have a good time. I want to be like the man behind. Oh, oh. Hope you watch it. <laughs>